Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Back with you from vacation after a week off. Thanks for hanging out with me this afternoon ton of stuff going on today, as you can imagine. You know what I love about doing this afternoon podcast? Everything is breaking in the afternoon. Everything. Pentagon just wrapped up a briefing. White House just wrapped up a briefing. The president spoke today. Well, the president read something on a teleprompter. By the way, can, can he at least make it interesting? He just comes out and reads, and then he walks away. Why not get, get, get somebody cool to narrate it? Get James Earl Jones out there to read it for us. Somebody with a great voice. Instead of biting stumbling over his words and mumbling and not really i mean if you're just going to come out and read a speech it's all you're doing you're reading a teleprompter and then biden gets done and he just wa- he walks away walks away comes out and gives this whole speech tells everybody to get vaccinated blah 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 and then turns around and leaves press is going well uh mr president uh kind of kind of have some stuff to talk about today kind of have some questions you know what amazes me is that we heard for four years under Donald Trump that he was a dictator who was going to put journalists in internment camps and uh, and and prison, and, and he was antithetical to the First Amendment. He hated the First Amendment. That guy was the most accessible president with the press I think I've ever seen in my life. He did – we'd stand up there for hours and take questions. He loved it. Biden doesn't take questions most of the time, and when he does take questions like yesterday, it's four or five pre-selected people, and I, I, I'm pretty sure they know what the questions are going to be. Because I think it's the deal and how the president gets to pick them. And that's it. So he comes out, he reads words on a teleprompter screen, and then goes back to his office. He's the reader-in-chief. The president of the United States is the reader-in-chief. That's all he is. So I'm saying make it interesting. Somebody with a cool voice. James Earl Jones would be great. Come out, and he could read it as Darth Vader. Maybe we have some interpretive dance going on in the background as Biden is reading. I'm just saying we need some visuals here. Instead of just staring at him as he's staring at a teleprompter, give us some visuals. You know, give me something that I can, I can, I can really enjoy. Mimes. I'm not a big fan of the mimes, but even that's better than just staring at Biden staring at us. Because really, that's what it's like when you watch a Biden speech. It's just Biden staring at you. You're staring at him, and he's staring at you. Because the teleprompter is on the, is on the screen he's staring into. Oh, it's terrible. Biden's a failure. Biden is an abject failure. He is going to go down as the worst president this country's ever had. 
Well, maybe Woodrow Wilson, but Biden's pretty up there. This is a disaster what's happening in Afghanistan. Do you realize right now the United States of America has conceded to the Taliban? We, we've surrendered to the Taliban. The reader-in-chief has surrendered to the Taliban. They're calling all the shots there. And today the Taliban said, uh, no, y- you will leave by August 31st, extending that as a red line. Which means we've got eight days now to get out. We don't know how many people because they're not telling us how many people. And we don't know. We don't know how many people have been brought out. We don't know how many people are still left. We don't even know how many weapons are left behind. We don't know. This is Joe Biden's failure. Look, I have said to you for years, I want to get out of Afghanistan. I've been saying for years we should be getting out of the Middle East. But this is not how you do it. This is this is a disaster that's going to lead to more war. The way that Biden is exiting this is going to lead. We're going to be back. We're going to be back in Afghanistan. Because what's happening right now is ISIS is coming in, Al-Qaeda is coming in, the Taliban's got our weapons, they got, they got an air force now, and the United States of America is, is emboldening them by saying, well, they're in charge. Secretary of State Tony Blinken yesterday, Taliban's in charge of Kabul. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin comes out and says, well, the Taliban is allowing people to pass. Allowing people to pass? Those two should be fired for showing such cowardice and weakness on the world stage. Fired for that. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there yesterday watching the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, say, if you've got an American passport, the Taliban is allowing you to pass. And then I hear Blinken say, look, the Taliban is in charge. They're in charge of Kabul. They're in charge of the whole country. They're in charge of United States policy right now. The reader-in-chief, Joe Biden, is the surrenderer-in-chief. We have surrendered to the Taliban. They're calling all the shots. And we don't know anything. We don't know who's still there. We don't know how many people we've got now. This is the uh, Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby. This guy's an idiot. I- I'm-, I'm sorry, but I don't know how this guy has a job. Well, I do know this is an incompetent administration. But I know if he were my spokesman, I'd fire him. I would in a heartbeat. Guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But today, just a few moments ago, they wrapped up a briefing at the Pentagon. This is what Kirby said now. Th- no numbers. We can't give numbers. John, were you being uh, <clears throat> deliberately vague when you... Uh said the number of Americans was several thousand, or was it because you're not sure of the number? If if you need to check the number, I mean, that's that's the most important number here, the number of Americans. So if it's just a, a matter of checking the number, can you do that and give it to us? Or if you're being check deliberately vague, tell, tell me why you're being deliberately vague. I think I'm just going to leave it at several thousand right now, Dave. Well, then tell us why. Because I think uh, the number is very fluid, um, and it literally changes nearly by the hour. So it's more the most fluid than, than these 11,000, 37,000. I'm going to leave it several thousand right now. Wafa. See that? We don't know the number, so we're going to leave it vague. It changes all the time. Well, how about giving us the most accurate numbers, the most up-to-date numbers? Ah, we don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know how many people were there. We don't know. How about how much weaponry the United States has? How much weaponry is in Taliban hands right now, huh? John Kirby? This is the most amazing thing about this. Back in um, July, President Biden came out and he gave this big lecture about how it's... He said, don't assume that the Taliban's going to take over Afghanistan. They don't have an air force. Well, guess what? They do now. They got about 200 pieces of aircraft right now. They got some helicopters. They got planes. Our stuff. They have it. They took it. We gave it to them by surrendering. We gave it to them. And John Kirby right now, we don't know how much weaponry is in, in, in the Taliban hands. We, we, don't, we don't know. There's not a spreadsheet. 
an Excel spreadsheet showing perhaps maybe all of the different things that we have in Afghanistan? No, we, we, uh, we don't know. We don't know. They have rocket launchers of ours. We know they have rocket launchers. But have they upgraded the rocket launchers? The Taliban are savages. These are people that don't believe women should have rights. They believe adulterers and gay people should be stoned to death. They believe that it's perfectly fine to kill in the name of Allah and infidels. Uh, infidels are targets. These are the people that we're in constant daily communication with, the Taliban. We're treating them like they're Switzerland. We're treating them like they're France. Like they're reasonable people. These are not reasonable people. These are fanatics. The Taliban are fanatics. They're religious fanatics. They believe that they're creating an Islamic state that is going to take over the world. These people are fanatics. And we're acting like these are reasonable European partners or reasonable African partners or reasonable Asian partners. These people are savages. They belong in the Stone Age. They're in the Stone Age. Their mindset is in the Stone Age. I'm sorry, but if you are of the mindset that women should not be able to drive or leave the house or work, that is, that is not a modern-day opinion. As much as I get frustrated sometimes with women drivers, I still believe they should be able to drive. It's not a modern-day opinion to say that women should not be able to leave the house. I also get frustrated with male drivers. I get frustrated with every driver on the road. I'm from Jersey. Deal with it. I have no patience, especially if you're going slow in the fast lane. Now, I would like to call a drone strike on the slow cars in the fast lane. That would be something. I had this situation driving back from Myrtle Beach. All these idiots in the slow in the in the fast lane go and go in the speed limit. Get out of the fast lane if you're going the speed limit. There's no excuse for this. Anyway, John Kirby doesn't know how much weaponry is in the Taliban hands. We, we don't know. We don't know. Is there any uh, effort to tally up the number of U.S. weapons and equipment that are now under Taliban control? And is there any program to mitigate this problem through destruction or confiscating yeah, them back, taking exactly. them back? Yeah, Mike, I mean, we've talked about this uh, before. I don't have an exact inventory of what... Back. Uh, equipment the why would you that the Afghans had at their disposal that that now uh, might be at risk obviously uh, we don't want to see any um, any weapons or systems uh, that uh, to fall into hands um, uh, of people that that uh, that would use them in such a way to mm -hmm. that, that to uh, to harm our interests or those of our uh, our partners and allies. I mean, uh, we have a vested interest, obviously, in, in, in not wanting that to happen. Um, but I don't have any policy solutions for you today uh, about uh, how we would uh, or could address that going forward. I would remind. Think about this now. We, we don't know how much weaponry the Taliban has, and we don't have any policy solutions. You know how, how, how idiotic it was to bring the military home first and then try to get the civilians and bring the military home without bringing our stuff home with us. And we don't know how much they have. We have no idea. We don't know. Nobody kept track of this. There's no book somewhere. And policy solutions, you're not going to get that. You're not, don't expect policy solutions from this idiot. Mind you, though, Mike, that an awful lot of equipment weapons, resources uh, were drawn down even in the last uh, years and months of the previous administration as President Trump decided to move down to a, a force of 2,500. So there was a lot of retrograde of things uh, up to that point. And then after the president's decision... You see what they're I mean, doing now? They're trying to blame the Trump administration for everything. 
He's Joe Biden's blaming everybody. I want to ask you a question right now. Do you think that if a Taliban said they wanted to drill for oil in Kabul, do you think that would make Joe Biden cancel this agreement with them? Because it seems to be the only thing he cancels, the only thing Joe Biden is capable of canceling is agreements to drill for oil. Whether it's the Keystone XL pipeline or Anwar in Alaska or offshore drilling, he's canceled all these permits that President Trump's administration made. In fact, Joe Biden canceled what I thought was one of the greatest things Trump ever did, which was to get rid of those stupid low-flow toilets and low-flow dishwashers and low-flow sinks and all the other nonsense. Biden canceled that too. So I guess my question is this. If we find out the Taliban, they're going to, they're going to deny climate change and go in and start drilling and, 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 and using all the water they want for their showers, will Joe Biden come in and cancel the agreement? That's what I want to know. I think it's the only thing that he'll do. That was the Taliban. Oh, yeah, they're savages. They're taking over. They're using our equipment. They're bringing in ISIS, bringing in Al-Qaeda. Well, there's nothing we can do. Well, they're, um, they're violating the Green New Deal. Oh, oh, well, th- then, well, then, then, then who the hell do they think they are? They can't have toilets with 2.6 gallons per flush. It's got to be 1.2. And you got to flush again. And you got to get a thing and you got to shove it in there. Th- this is insanity, what's happening right now. Joe Biden, one of his first things in office, is sat down in the Oval Office in January 2021 was to take a pen and cancel the Keystone XL pipeline, all the permitting that had been done, everything had been done, causing people to lose a ton of money, causing people to lose jobs. He didn't come around and go, oh, this is a Trump agreement. I got to live with it. Sorry, I got I to live with this. You adapt, you adjust, right? Nope, no, you don't. We're going to blame Trump for whatever's happening in Afghanistan. And, and even though we've been in charge since January, we're still going to blame him, even though from January 21st, we could have turned around and said, this is how it's going to be. We'll leave when the following occurs, when we get all the weapons that you have, when we get all our people out, etc. No, they're, they're helpless to, to whatever deal Trump struck. It's the only deal these people can't cancel. Mid-April, uh, to complete this drawdown, albeit on an extended timeline, uh, a very, and we've talked about this too, the very big part of the retrograde was uh, the disposition of weapons and equipment and systems and vehicles. Some of them were destroyed. Some of them were uh, brought uh, back home. Some of them were uh, deployed, yeah, redeployed no in, into about. the region. And yes, some were turned over to the, the Afghans. Uh, and uh, we're, we're working and, through uh, right uh, now uh, to try to get a better sense of, of what that would look like. But I don't have any uh, specific solutions for you in terms of uh, what, what, we're, what, we're, what we can or, or will do going forward on yeah, this. Yeah, no, we, listen, we can't have and, specific solutions. Uh, yeah. To the degree, well... I'll leave what? it at that. I'll leave it at oh, that. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave it to that. We, I, I don't have anything to add. Courtesy of Breitbart, by the way, these clips. It's amazing, it's amazing isn't it? Now, a short time ago, as I was watching this uh, this briefing by the by the Pentagon in the White House, and the reader-in-chief wrapped up, the surrender-in-chief wrapped up his, his, his prepared reading to the nation, guy just reads. Reads a screen, stares at you with those with those eyes that I don't even know if there's anything in there, and then walks away. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, walks away. No questions. When the reader in chief got done, and then the Pentagon had their briefing, and then Jen Psaki came out, and they're all saying the same thing. And you know what that same thing is? They're all saying everything's going great. Everything's going great over there. We got nothing to worry about. Everything's Joining going me right great. Now is Democratic. Congress. They come around and they say, "Listen." You have nothing to worry about over there. We're getting Americans out thousands at a time. Where are they? Where are they? This is Democrat Representative 
uh, Crimson Morthy. He's on CNN today. So he's a Democrat, so he's not a Republican. I've got some people blasting me on Twitter that this is all Trump's fault. There's a dumb hashtag today going, hashtag respect Biden, to which I tweeted, the Taliban does not respect Biden, nor do they fear him. Our allies don't respect Biden right now, and they don't fear us either. This is a disaster. This is a mess. This is something that the United States has hurt our reputation now for decades, possibly centuries. And this is what a member of Congress said. He's trying to help people get to the airport, not Bagram. We shut Bagram down. Oh, I should mention too today. They asked the Pentagon, would you consider reopening Bagram Air Force, Bagram Air, Air Base? which was the secure military airfield that we used in Afghanistan for the last, what, 20 years? Military shut it down under Biden's orders, and we've been using Kabul Airport, which is like a municipal airport, and now it's run by the Taliban. The Taliban have become the TSA. The Taliban are the baggage handlers and the clerks. So everybody at the airport now is Taliban. And there's one runway, and we can't secure it, even though they said we did, but, but we're not in charge because the Taliban's in charge. So we have soldiers there, but the Taliban's calling the shots because we surrendered to the Taliban. And and then the, the secure airfield at Bagram is gone. So planes coming in or out have to use the Kabul airport. All right? So here's a Democrat member of Congress trying to get Americans and other people out of the country, out of Afghanistan. That's what he said. Just a couple days ago, we had a family that was notified by the State Department that their evacuation flight... Uh, was that day that they should proceed to the airport, that they should bring their paperwork and passes. They did all that, and unfortunately, Kate, they were turned away at the gate of the airport. And turned so that's away by turned away by the Taliban who's guarding the gate, or turned away by the U.S. forces who are, I guess, manning that door. I think they were turned away potentially by Turkish soldiers who are assisting and guarding the airport. And so there appears to be some communications issues. Uh, between uh, the State Department and the security who are guarding the airport. Uh, But this is incredibly frustrating, as you can imagine, because A, it's impossible, almost impossible to get to the airport right now, and B, doing so involves risk of grave harm because you're exposing yourself not only to the Taliban but also to others who might pose harm. And so these are the types of logistical issues that we need to work through right away uh, because, um, you know, despite our best intentions, if we don't get these people out of harm's way, we won't have accomplished the mission. Um, do you think that the United States should stay in Afghanistan beyond the 31st deadline if, if not all Americans, U.S. forces and Afghan allies are out, even if the Taliban, who knows what they'll do in retaliation? We have to stay as long as it takes, Kate. Uh, I, I don't believe in any... See, this is a Democrat. The Democrat's saying this. we got to stay as long as it takes. But here's the problem. I don't think we can now. The Taliban drew a red line. And Biden follows... The, we surrender to the Taliban. So because of that fact now, I, I, I presume we're going to follow the August 31st deadline. But again, we don't know. They're not telling us. They, they don't know. They don't want to say. So, so Bagram Air Force Base, right? So Bagram Air Base. They asked today, would you consider reopening? You know what the answer was? The answer was, uh, well, we don't want to uh, play Monday morning quarterback. The reporter goes, we're not, I'm, not a- I'm not asking you to play Monday morning quarterback. I'm asking you to say right now on Monday, uh, we have a problem. The airport, the Kabul airport is not secure. Your, your Americans are getting turned away. If they can even get there, if the Taliban even allows them to come through, they're getting turned away. Would you consider reopening the secure military airport Bagram? 
And they said, we don't want a Monday morning quarterback this. Do you realize that we are incapable right now, the United States of America, of even admitting we made a mistake and changing direction? The first thing that I would do if I were president, the first thing is reopen that airport. Reopen Bagram, have the military secure it, in and out flights, boom, done, done and done. That is That was one of the most secure airfields in the world. Able to bring high-level people, the commander-in-chief, anybody to that airfield safely. Now they're using the municipal airport at Kabul Airport, which I don't even think has a Cinnabon. That's how bad of an airport it is. And the Taliban's running it. you got to have a Cinnabon at the airport. I mean, right? Don't you? I would think. So this is a disaster. And you even have Democrat members of Congress coming out and saying, we, we need to extend this deadline. There has not been a single member of Congress or the Senate who's gone on television to defend this president. You realize that? Not a single one. Didn't happen today. That's for sure. <laughs> John Kirby, the idiot uh, spokesman from the Pentagon, who today doesn't know how many people are left, how many people have come back, doesn't know how, how much weaponry the Taliban has. Just a few days ago, he was downplaying the threat, downplaying the threat that the Taliban really posed. Listen to this. Can you say that the Afghan forces have the means to defend themselves? What proof do you have? They've lost now six provincial capitals in Afghanistan. I have the proof that they have a force of over 300,000 soldiers and police. They have a modern air force, an air force, by the way, which we continue to contribute to and to and to improve. Uh, They have modern weaponry. Uh, They have uh, they have an organizational structure. They have a lot of advantages that the Taliban don't have. Taliban doesn't have an air force. Taliban doesn't own airspace. They have a lot of advantages. Now they have to use those advantages. Taliban has an air force now, dummy. It's the one that you just talked about. It's the the Air Force you just talked about that the Afghans had. The Taliban has it now. Genius. They actually, that's their Air Force now. They've got it. Maybe they'll put a Cinnabon in the airport. BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Let me try that again. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. It's BS to say that the Taliban doesn't have an Air Force. I mean, days ago they didn't. You notice too in the in this clip, which is very telling. The guy says the Taliban has taken over six provincial capitals, six or nine at the time. You know, at no point the United States of America said, "All right, hang on a second here, we got to reverse course. Let's slow it down. We we got they're taking over capitals and they're taking our stuff and they're taking equipment and the Afghan army is surrendering uh, willy nilly at each each stop along the tour. It's like the Taliban's doing their world tour." throughout Afghanistan, and every time they come into a city, the Afghan army lays down their weapons and goes, all right, we're out. We're good. We're good. And, and then the Taliban's in charge. Now they, they collect all the weapons, they collect the helicopters. All right, one city falls, one province falls, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, until you get to Kabul. At what point does the administration say, all right, we got to stop this? Because the Afghan army is not fighting, and the Afghan air force is now the Taliban's air force. These people are amazing how dumb they are and why they just won't admit that they were wrong. I don't know. I'm trying to think for a second here of the psychology of this. And there is, there is nobody who is willing in the administration right now to, to come along and say, we got this wrong. We messed up. We screwed up. All they're trying to do is to say this worked out entirely the way we thought it would. We, 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 we thought this would be fine. We, we said it was going to be chaotic. We, we knew it was going to be. We knew it was going to be fine. 
We know it's going to be chaotic. I mean, this is this is fine for us because we predicted this. Only 25% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal. 25%. That was a new NBC News poll that came out. Joe Biden is politically finished. He's politically finished. They may keep him there because he's the useful idiot that they can control. And just put something on a teleprompter, the reader-in-chief's going to read it, and he walks away. So they may keep him in power. I think, I think Kamala Harris scares them. But he's, not, he's no longer president. He's got the title, but he's not really president anymore. He's not in charge of anything anymore. And I think what's really uh, obvious right now is that Joe Biden, whatever decision he makes... Whatever decision he makes right now is only because the Taliban is in charge because he surrendered to the Taliban. And he cannot come to the American people and say, got this one wrong, screwed up, oops, are bad. We're going back in until we finish the job. And the job being getting all our people out and getting all of our equipment out too. I was thinking about it. Uh, imagine if there was a movie, right? You have this commander in chief come out, says we're going to leave Afghanistan, goes to Afghanistan has a meeting with the Afghan president, the Taliban, the head of the Taliban. They all shake hands. They agree. They set a timeline. U.S. forces withdraw. Taliban agrees they're going to let the Afghan army be in charge. The United States brings all the people home, brings all their equipment home, and then the military leaves. Now, at that point, if that happens, and the Afghan army can't hold the country and the Taliban takes over, well, you know what? It's a civil war. What are you going to do? It's a civil war. Happens. There's civil wars happening all across the world right now. I don't need to be involved in them. But instead, we controlled the country. Think of what we gave up here. We controlled the country. Our military was in charge. Afghanistan was a safe place. None of our people had died in 18 months. We were in charge of the country. People were free. People were living their lives. And then what do we do? The peacekeepers, the ones who are keeping that country safe, we send them home. And then we go, okay, now we're going to come in and collect our people. Now we're going to come in and collect our people before the Taliban kills them. And we don't have anybody to protect them. Uh, We're going to get them now. Oh, and look, the Taliban has all this equipment that we gave them. Isn't this heartbreaking to think about right now? I mean, it's, it's really beyond a disgrace. There's an American woman stranded in Kabul all alone. When she tried to get to the airport, the Taliban beat her for the crime of traveling without a male escort. She has heard nothing from the State Department, only from freelance volunteers a world away. That was just tweeted out by a reporter named Matthew Downer. I'm sorry, senior advisor to Tom Cotton, Matthew Downer. Woman in Afghanistan, Kabul, all alone, beaten by the Taliban for the crime of traveling without a male escort. Now, is this, does that seem, do these seem like rational people you can, you can work with? that you can negotiate with. I hear from the Pentagon, they keep going over and over again. They keep going, listen, we're working with the Taliban. The Taliban's in charge and we're working with them. We've got daily, daily conference calls. We're doing conference calls, Zoom meetings with them. We're doing Zoom meetings with the Taliban every day. And they're ta- I guess they're taking time, they're taking time, I guess, away from beating women at the airport and then, and then they'll do that. I don't know if this is what uh, you would call a maybe foreshadowing. Do you like movies? I do, as you know. If you listen to the morning show, I love movies. Sometimes I get grief from people. I go, what are you Hollywood liberals for? Well, not everybody in Hollywood's a liberal. But secondly, I enjoy it. I'm not going to let them ruin my fun. But take, for example, Jack Carr, who was on the show today. Jack Carr is great. He's a war hero, Navy sniper, Navy SEAL sniper. He's got his books, all his, his, his amazing books, which are now going to be made into an Amazon Prime special. Chris Pratt, 
directing, starring in it. Chris Pratt's a conservative in Hollywood. So I'm not going to boycott Hollywood because a bunch of liberals. I don't care. I like it. I enjoy the movies. I keep it away. But I notice in movies something called foreshadowing. I think it was Hitchcock who maybe started this device. Hitchcock was great, wasn't he? Maybe the old Hitchcock movies. I've been rewatching him some, some of those lately because there's not there has not been really any good thrillers lately. If you know of one, shoot me a note on Twitter and let me know because I'm I my wife loves thrillers. The kind of like who done it killer movies. Most of them have really dumb endings though. You notice that? You get all the way through it and then the last 15 minutes it's so stupid because it turns out to be, you know, the, the gardener and you go, this, it makes no sense to the story, but oh, it's a twist. You know how many movies do that now? They go, oh, look, a twist. It's like they got to have a twist. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to the, to the plot or anything. Hitchcock used a lot of different devices in movie making. And one of them, of course, that we know very well is foreshadowing. Kind of let the audience know a little bit. This way, when it happens later on, you go, oh, yeah. And the audience is rewarded because they saw it coming. So is this the president of the United States foreshadowing for something that's about to happen when he talked about the importance of women knowing that they can do anything a man can do? And I can say as much as I want from the time my two daughters were born that you can do anything a man can do. It's one thing for somebody to say that and keep pounding that in the head of their five granddaughters as well. But guess what? Until they see it, until they watch, it becomes real then. That's why, by the way, she's and happens to be in Asia for me right now. But that's why we have a female vice president of the United States of America who's going to be. We're going to have some presidents pretty soon. Who's going to be. We're going to have some presidents pretty soon. Does he know something that we don't know? I mean, does he have they told him at this point? Like, Mr. President, we're 25th amendmenting you. Uh, What's a good day? You know, it's like when they have people surrender to the cops. I always, I always love this too. It's like these white collar guys, these white collar d bags who wind up. You know, the the prosecutor calls their lawyer, and they go, "All right, what day do you want to come in and surrender?" And they go, uh, "How's uh, I don't know, Thursday at four for you? Ah, Thursday's not good for my client. He's going to be away in the Hamptons that weekend. How's uh, Monday? He's going to be driving back. How's Tuesday at uh, at one thirty after his martini lunch? Great." Thank you. We'll look forward to having him surrender then. Is this like what that is, where Joe Biden is, they know it's coming? Like, Mr. President, we're 25th amendmenting you. What's a good day, sir, so we can we can make this a smooth transition? That's why we have a female vice president of the United States of America who's going to be, we're going to have some presidents pretty soon. <laughs> the reader-in-chief. The reader-in-chief. Oh, he also said today, Make sure your child is masked when they leave home. Uh, I was I heard today the president of the United States say a couple things today. He he did his COVID uh, vaccine reading. He did a reading. Speaking of Hollywood, you know when they first write a script on something before they actually start shooting the movie, what they wind up doing is they get all the actors in a room and they all do a read through, and they read. Yeah, I used to do theater back in the day. I did theater. I wanted to be an actor, but I wanted to follow in Ronald Reagan's footsteps, but. Talk radio found me instead, which is good because I I get to be dramatic. I get to be funny sometimes. I certainly get to, uh, to, to use hyperbole. I can do characters. Like tomorrow morning, there's going to be a lot on the LoveGov because he, he spoke out today. He did a press conference today, his farewell tour, and he bashed everybody on the way out the door. But 
One thing I do know is that when, when the reader-in-chief is doing his reading before the country and just reading the teleprompter, one of the things he said today was, he said, the risk to children to get COVID is, is very rare. And the risk that children will get really sick from COVID is even, is even rarer than that. And yet, despite the fact that, that it's rare for kids to get COVID and certainly rare for them to get really sick from it, the President of the United States today told you to make sure your child does this when they leave the house. It's very, very, very low. Now, I know that parents are concerned about COVID-19 cases among their children. I'll be addressing this soon with Secretary uh, Cordona to discuss how we get our kids back to school safely. Cases among children are still rare, and severe cases among children are very, very rare. But I know that parents are thinking... Very, very rare. You remember Police Academy? He reminds me of the Commandant. Very, very rare. So, so we know that it's rare for kids to get COVID, and to get really sick from COVID, it's, it's, it's double-secret probation rare. All right? As a dad, I'm thrilled to hear this. Because Patrick, Claire, and Reagan, I don't want them getting sick from COVID, obviously. And I want them to be able to be around their friends, and I want them to be in school. My school's not an indoctrination camp. We're very lucky. Very fortunate to have wonderful teachers who are not indoctrinating my children. If that ever changes, I'll yank them out. But I'm happy to hear that. It's rare that they get COVID, and it's double-secret super probation rare that they get really sick from COVID. Okay, Mr. President, thanks. So I guess we can worry about other things. Protecting the elderly, people with pre-existing conditions, you know, people that actually get COVID and die from it. That uh, that that 0.1% of people that are not value of 0.1% who actually die from COVID, I guess we'll worry about them. Nope. Instead, even though it's rare, rare, really, really super rare, you got to do this. Thinking about their own kids, it's not as reassuring as anyone would like it to be. So let me say this as parents, to the parents. As you have, you have the tools. You have the tools to keep your child safer. And two of those tools, above all, are available to you. One, make sure that everyone around your child who can be vaccinated is vaccinated. Okay. Parents, adults, teens. Okay. Two, make sure your child is masked when they leave home. That's how we can best keep our kids safe. As I've said before, so I'm going to leave, the wait, pandemic wait, 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 wait. You, you said before that it was really rare for kids to get COVID. You said that, right? Let me play it again. The reader-in-chief. I just want to make sure I heard this correctly. It is a Go ahead. very, very, very low. Right. Now, I know that parents are concerned about concerned. COVID-19 cases Absolutely. among their children. Okay. I'll be addressing this soon with Secretary uh, Cordona uh-huh. to discuss how we get our kids back to school safely. Cases among children are still rare, and severe cases among children are very, very rare. Very, very rare. So why am I masking my kids every time they leave the house? I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Why would I? Why would anybody after they just heard that? You just said cases among, it's really, really super rare. Double secret probation rare. Why would I do this? This is a guy who has no clue. He's just reading stuff. Smart, funny podcast. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. So uh, the LoveGov is uh, finished, by the way. Andrew Cuomo is uh, is done. Today was his last day as governor. He's out. I know that the issue of the, the lesser Cuomo now, because really, technically speaking, he's now the lesser Cuomo. I mean, his brother has a job, and he doesn't. Uh, 
I've been calling Chris Cuomo the lesser Cuomo for years. And I used to always make jokes about how he was always his, his dad, you know, the, the envy that he had for his brother and everything like that. I would do that for, for years. I'd make jokes. But I guess now I really have to say the lesser Cuomo is probably Andrew. He's sleeping on his sister's couch. No, really, he is. He's staying at his sister's, sister's place, probably sleeping on the couch. The guy doesn't have a job. Think about that fall from grace. He was going to be the next president of the United States. They loved him. Now he's out of a job. On his way out the door today, he's taking shots at everybody, taking shots at Bill de Blasio. He's taking shots at everybody. And this guy still doesn't get it. He still doesn't understand his hubris and his arrogance. And I hope to God they go after him on the nursing home thing. I really do, because he deserves it. But just you got you got to listen to what, what he said a short time ago here. Take, take a listen. We must focus on the immediate threat, which is the Delta variant and COVID. And I'm very concerned about this personally. Please don't forget what we learned together last year. And don't forget what we accomplished. We went from the highest infection rate in the nation to the lowest. We did what no one thought could be done. Killed a bunch of Why? people in nursing homes. Because when the rest of the nation put their head in the sand and denied science and played politics, we faced up to the facts. You realize that the highest death count, nursing home death count in the country, and he faced facts. Well, everybody else hid from those facts. We were the ones who did what no one thought could be done. We put COVID positive people in nursing homes and watched as they all spread it to the most vulnerable people imaginable. That's what we did. Let no one forget our accomplishments. This guy's such a bozo, isn't he? He really is such a bozo. But I'm going to miss him. I will. I'll miss Cuomo because he's given me a lot of fodder for things over the years. I'll miss his New York stinks. Remember that? New York stinks hand sanitizer. Now it's in more lilac. We've got this new flavor now. Mmm. Smells like failure. Smells like he did this thing where he had prisoners make hand sanitizer. And in the course of doing this with using slave labor and prisoners making his New York hand sanitizer, March of 2020 comes out, he goes... This is a far superior product. This now has more lilac flavors. It smells like mm, Brooklyn on a sunny day when the homeless are all out in encampments. And now it smells like failure as I leave in disgrace and go sit on my sister's couch and sleep there without a job. I now embrace the title of the lesser. I am now the lesser Cuomo. My brother has a job. My idiot brother does the unthinkable, goes to work, lives in a house. I moved out of my house today and I don't own a house because I've lived on government dole for my entire life. Ah, <laughs> uh, the love gov. Oh, and I should mention this to you as well. Uh, the Taliban today, remember I said to you earlier, the Taliban, it says that U.S. troops staying beyond the deadline is going to provoke a reaction. You remember that? A reaction? Staying beyond the agreed deadline of August 31st would be extending occupation. Taliban spokesman Suhail Shaheen said on Monday, and this would provoke a reaction. They just now gave the United States of America a red line. Think about that. The United States of America now has a red line given to us by the Taliban. And the question, of course, also, and I think this is a very important point, is how many people are still there that we need to get out before the red line, before the Taliban says enough is enough? How many, how many people are still there? Jen Psaki doesn't know. 
We don't know. Jake mentioned that you'd be able to get us a breakdown of the number of people who are being evacuated who are Americans, the number who are Afghans, but that's something that reporters have been asking for and not getting for several days. Do you have those numbers? And if not, when could we expect to see them? I certainly understand the question. I know that my colleague John Kirby said a few thousand Americans have been evacuated earlier today. As Jake noted, the vast majority have been Afghans, uh, given this size of the population that we are moving out. And I'm happy to also follow up after the briefing and see what information we can achieve. Go ahead. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, John Kirby said it best. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. We have no idea. And uh, and and that's all we know. That That's all. That's all we know. That's 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 all we know at the moment. Now, Biden messed up the website today, too, by the way. When he was reading his prepared remarks. Oh, this is great. So I I love doing this afternoon podcast because news is breaking all throughout the day. And I'm trying to give you as much information as I possibly can. Kind of like I used to do in the afternoon show. And with my analysis, too. So I'm going to give you my political analysis on what I think is happening right now with Joe Biden in the White House. There's an old adage in Washington that uh, you're a lame duck, when you announce that you're not running again, right? That's always one of the things. Presidents are technically lame ducks in their second terms because they're term limited. If you announce that you're retiring, this is your last term, you're a lame duck. You lose a lot of power. Joe Biden is a lame duck president at this point. He may finish his term. I don't think so. If I were a bet man, I would say no. What do you think? But he's no longer the powerful president of the United States. Now, maybe he never was because it's Biden, but let's let's assume for a moment, shall we, that the office itself, the presidency of the United States of America, that's gone. He's a lame duck. Democrats in Washington right now are all saying the same thing. He's done. When is he done? When, when does he leave? How do we get rid of this guy? They don't want Kamala Harris to become president, but they also know that Biden is done. And And, and it, it's stuff like this today. He tells the American people to go to vaccines.com, okay? Vaccines.com is like pets.com. It's not a real thing. And right behind Biden as he's speaking, as he's reading, speaking is something, he's reading. So the reader-in-chief is standing there, all right? He's staring at you because the camera is the teleprompter. And so he's staring into the screen. You're staring at him. He's staring at you. It's so uncomfortable. Right behind him is this beautiful blue background, American flags, White House is emblazoned on this blue background, and vaccines.gov is literally right behind him, literally displayed right behind him. Okay? Now, listen. If you go to vaccines.com, vaccines.com, or text your zip code to 438829. I hope somebody somebody went to vaccines.com and bought it. I really do. I hope somebody bought vaccines.com, and I hope right now it redirects to Trump 2024 or something fun. I, I don't know. Vaccines.com is actually a real site. It is actually a real site, but it's not vaccines.gov. Vaccines.gov is the government site that Biden meant to say. So here's my political analysis and everything that's going on. All you need to know about the the, the chances of Joe Biden the reader-in-chief, the surrenderer-in-chief, surviving as president. All you need to know is the number of Democrats defending him on television. All right? So you can do this at home. Just keep a count. Keep a tally. Every time you turn on CNN or MSNBC and you count a Democrat defending Joe Biden, write it down. Because right now, there are none. There are none doing it. Pelosi issued a statement. Big deal. That was a statement she put out. I stand by the president's decision to withdraw us. Okay, great. Great. 
You stand by his decision to withdraw from Afghanistan. That's all you've said. You're not going on TV and saying it. You're not you're not going on 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 meet the press and saying it. No Democrat is daring to do this. No Democrat is doing this. And so the fact of the matter is when you find out that people are running from this guy, running from this guy, then you know it's over for him. Politically speaking, it's over. And it really stinks, though. It does. It, it really, it, it's, it's a very sad day. Nobody wants to be in this position. Nobody wants to see this happening right now. But remember something. Joe Biden's incompetent. And, and the big reason why he doesn't take questions, he just runs off. They go, Mr. President, Mr. President, whoosh, out the door. It's like the old cartoons. And he runs out the door and you see the, the, you see the dust behind him from the, because he, whoosh, he's out. But actually, he doesn't run that fast. Who am I kidding? It's because he knows that if he says anything, they're going to wind up calling. He's going to say something that contradicts himself. Chris Wallace did a great job over the weekend of, of really laying into the Secretary of State, Tony Blinken. Does Joe Biden know what's going on? Does Joe Biden know what's going on? That's the question. And he asked him this over and over again. And he played him some clips. This is, you know, Mr. Secretary, here's what Joe Biden said. And this is not actually what, what took place here. So does Joe Biden know what's going on? It's a fair question, right? And the Secretary of State goes, oh, listen, all I can tell you is I've talked to everybody, the allies, they love us, they're all very happy, and they're one, everybody, everything's fine, everything's fine. And, and you turn around and go, this is detached from reality at this moment. What this man is saying is detached from reality. And I think the more that the world looks into that, the, wor- the more that the world looks into it, they're going to realize now that Joe Biden is not really playing with a full deck. And that's being kind. That's being kind. And his people know that as well. His people know he's not playing with a full deck. And that's also the problem for him. All right, I got to get out of here. This podcast is late, but I wanted you to get the White House briefing, the Pentagon briefing. Uh, You got it all today. Covered it for you. Hope you enjoyed it. My takeaway today, Biden's a failure. He surrendered to the Taliban. He's the reader in chief. He stands there and reads and runs away without asking questions. Uh, We need somebody more interesting to do the reading for us. That would be helpful. Enjoy the rest of your day today. Thank you for hanging out with me. Hey, listen, please rate the podcast. Give it some love. Mama Zioli would be happy with that. Tell a friend, share it, all those things. America has lost so much standing in the world right now because of Joe Biden's incompetence. As somebody who wanted us out of Afghanistan, I didn't want us out like this. This is a disaster, a disgrace. I feel so bad for our soldiers, all the people that served in that that war. To leave like this, to surrender to the Taliban, to let them be in charge, to call the shots, and to tell the world that the Taliban's in charge? What a failure, what a disgrace. The good news is he's not gonna be president much longer, I don't think. Hey, have a great rest of your day today. Republicans are going to sweep in 2022. No doubt. 2024, we'll get the White House. That is... Sign it up. You know I'm right about this stuff. Thank you for listening. See you later. See you tomorrow. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 